Hello and welcome to the Rev It Up Podcast, helping entrepreneurs fill up their tanks, crank up the RPMs, and put the pedal to the metal until they cross that finish line. Hello, I'm Jess Tiffany. Ready, set, go. Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Rev It Up Podcast. Super excited to have Mike C-Rock and Sirocco. Did I say that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Oh, yes. Should have checked with you before. But anyway, he's a performance coach, author, dynamic speaker, visionary, and thought leader. He has been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020 and is on a mission to build people. At his core, he's obsessed with success and helping others achieve greatness. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here, C-Rock. Thanks, Jess. I appreciate it, man. And I always like to start every interview that I go on with gratitude and just thanks because I'm truly humbled and honored to be able to share my message with people. And, uh, you know, for you giving me that opportunity, thank you. Oh, no problem. I'm just glad you're glad you're here and I appreciate it. And so it's probably a common question, but uh, so how did you get the name C-Rock? Well, my last name, just like you had some difficulties there, um, it's not the easiest for people. So uh, I think uh, when I was in college, I played football at a division three school in Salisbury, Maryland, like uh-huh. Salisbury steak. <laughs> and, uh, and they, the team, like they just started calling me C-Rock and uh, I just, it stuck a little funny story with that. I, I, uh, I put it on my license plate when I was in college, <laughs> it said C-Rock. So I drove around a little, like a, a, this color right here, a blue Eagle Talon with a black top. Okay. And drove around with that sucker and it said C-Rock on the back. And one night I, uh, I, I met a girl and I guess I started dating a girl or something. And she must've had an old, old boyfriend that was upset or something. So one night I was over at her house and I came out and my tires were slashed and my C-Rock license plate was ripped off. Oh no. Oh, no. So uh, it just, uh, just reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that came from college, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Long story short. That's funny. I have a story almost identical to that. I had, my, mine was in quite a fancy car, but I had a, one, I, I went and bought a brand new Dodge, uh, one of those neon cars and put yeah. a sunroof in it and kind of updated a little bit. And, uh, but it was the same color blue, uh, like your shirt there. And, uh, um, but yeah, anyway, but I had my nickname, which is Jess, Jester, J-E-Z-S-T-E-R. Um, but anyways, I own that domain too. I bought it. So. Oh, awesome. So anyway, <laughs> uh, but, um, but anyway, that's funny. But uh, so tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your background with the real estate industry and kind of how that's translated into being a, a expert in, in people and, and moving forward there. Well, I think it started way before the uh, real estate mortgage business. Um, you know, I grew up in a broken home. Uh, I don't remember my parents together. I'm not saying that for you to feel sorry for me by any means. I talked to a guy yesterday that came from an orphanage. So everybody can always have it worse. You could always have it better. Sure. But the reason I tell this story is because I wanted to connect with people that have maybe can relate to it. Um, so I don't remember my parents ever together. I went through custody, child support conflicts, uh, step parents being involved, and then the jealousy things and all kinds of stuff, man. And as a kid, you don't know what the hell's going on. You're just sitting there watching this. Yeah. And trying to uh, analyze things and understand whether you're involved with it, whether you're cause of it, whether you have anything to do with it. And so I did this from, from a young age until I was about eight years old. I decided to live with my dad and his new wife. And during that three years, it got really bad. And I went through a lot of emotional and, and uh, psychological abuse being in the house and with what was going on. And a lot of stuff was taken out on me. And uh, 
uh, by the way, I don't share this to, to bash anybody because look, I'm not perfect myself. And I know that there might've been things going on that I had nothing, no, no, no idea, but I know that the kids shouldn't be treated the way I was treated. And I forgive everybody, but at the end of the day, this is what happened. And while I was around this, I started thinking to myself, man, these people, there's so many broken-minded people. Mm-hmm. Like there's people that have these issues that just don't get it. They look at scarcity. They're so scared. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that causes and leads to other things. So anyway, I decided to get out of that house. When I was 11, I had my mom file court papers and I didn't tell my dad and it got dropped on him one day. And when he got served and I came home from school and he's got these papers in his hand. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So he says, uh, go to your room. And I sat on my bed for about five minutes, which felt like five hours waiting for my hero. My dad was my hero, man. I mean, he was a hard worker. He had his own masonry business, uh, block, concrete, all that. And uh, I waited for him to come back. And he, he, he had real big forearms and rough hands and we're a hard worker. I always looked up to him for that. And he always had a wad of hundred dollar bills in his pocket that he used to carry around and had a rubber band around it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I looked up to him for that too, for what we could get. And he knew we had it well off and I knew that we were there financially well off. And he reminded me of that when he read the papers to me, he said, you know, he says, you're going to go to your mom's house and you know, they don't have it that well there. You don't, you're not going to have all the stuff you have here and be able to do all the things. And I said, you know what? It's not really open for discussion. You know, I had a talk with my mom prior to this and, and I, and she told me when you believe in something, you need to stick to your guns. And this is a lesson I carried, you know, further in my life, but you got to stick to your guns because people are going to try to talk you out of things that you believe in. And when they do that, it's for their own good, for their own agenda, or they're trying to justify their position in life and you may be threatening them. And so that, that was placed in me at a young age. And I think that's where my stubbornness came from. So I stuck to my guns and I told him in the discussions over, I'm, I made my decision. He said, okay. So he takes that wad of hundred dollar bills that he has in his pocket peeled a hundred dollar bill off, crumpled it up and threw it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And so, you know, at that moment, that stubbornness kicked in and I said, you know what? That's not happening. You're not dictating my future. I'm writing my book, so to speak. <laughs> a matter of fact, it's so funny because that book that I just wrote rocket fuel, it's actually, he, he kind of did spur that book on. So he did kind of write it, but you know, I'm a, I just knew that I wasn't going to let that happen. And number two, I knew that this was an ordinary situation as far as I was concerned, because I didn't know parents stay together. I thought all kids deal with this. So I knew there was other kids out there dealing with the same stuff I was dealing with. And I knew that I could be a role model for them somehow. And I think that was ingrained and imprinted in my mind at a young age, because before I knew what leadership was or leaders, my mom kept telling me, you're going to be a leader one day. You're a leader, Mikey, you're a leader. And I don't even know what that was, but it's weird because when you get some kind of belief into your brain, good and bad, yep. you don't have to know what it is or know how to do it or whatever. You start Everything you start doing revolves around that imprinting that's on your brain. So I think that's where that stemmed from. So from that point on, and then grandparents and uncles and aunts, like just having problems, man, like alcohol, drugs, suicide. Wow. I just was done with it. And I wanted to be a people builder. Like I wanted to fix problems. And so that's where it stemmed from. Wow. Yeah, that, that, I can see how that build a lot of motivation to move forward uh, out, of, out of that and, and then to reach back and help other people. So that's pretty amazing. Wow. That, and so, um, so tell us me a little bit about the book and uh, kind of, uh, I know you said it was in pre-sale and then um, and when's it come out and all that. So just your question earlier too was about the mortgage and real estate and all that. Oh, and sorry, I got I in, that's fine. I get off track sometimes, but <laughs> I, I was in that, in that world, uh, real estate. And I got into mortgages in 2006, right before the crash. Ah. 
Ah. I experienced that, experienced the setbacks, the letdowns. I've experienced also getting through that and then be, taking a company to 10 million in revenue and then ha- having it crumble and then rebuilding it in two years and then all the stuff that goes along with that. I've experienced all that. Mm-hmm. But although through that, I've also experienced a lot of the people and all the people that are around probably over that period of time, 150 to 200 some people in this organization, I've, I've experienced a lot of different personalities, a lot of issues, and I've become an expert at analyzing people, understanding where their strengths are and their weaknesses are and how to, to get them on track to find the greatness inside of them. Yes. And then also to take action on that. So then that's where I spurned get, you know, people building Inc as a company we created to do that along with the mortgage business okay. outside of it. And so uh, that's how we got into that. And then rocket fuels just a, you know, I felt the need to write my book because I was doing the podcast uh, what are you made of? And I was having people come on and share their stories because I believe that it's important to share your story, whether you know it or not. And people don't share their story because they're embarrassed by it. They think it's ordinary and nobody really like would be interested. It's not extraordinary. No. They don't think anybody, why would anybody care about my story? And the last one, which is the most important and the one I did was I underestimated the power of my story to inspire millions of people mm-hmm. as ordinary to me as I thought it was. So, um, I, I did the podcast sharing my story and then I allowed other people to, Hey, come on and share your story on here. Tell me how your past, you're not living in a regret, but how's it fuel you? How are you using it? What did you learn from it? And share with other people to inspire people. And then from there, I was like, well, this has got to go into a book because, you know, I believe in repurposing things and doing everything I can to maximize the use of content. And the book has evolved from what I thought was going to be called, what are you made of? Like the podcast into rocket fuel. Cause that's, what's fueling everything. And, uh, I'll get into that concept in a minute, but that's how the book, you know, the book came about. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I um, I think I'm one of those people. Sometimes I always go, well, what, you know, who's going to care about my story? You know, it's, uh, it's pretty boring. So, but, uh, uh, but, but yet when you start uh, saying it all of a sudden, you know, some other people start relating to it and, and, and finding value in it and makes you realize like, okay, maybe there's something to this uh, telling stories and, and uh, being authentic and, and things like that. So, um, well, good. Well, let's uh, jump into the book, Rocket Fuel then. Yeah. So um, Rocket Fuel is a lot of stories, anecdotes from my life and, and different lessons that I've learned and how I've used the things that happened in my life that weren't going towards where I wanted to go, how I used them, not just, just to, to overcome them or get by, but it was to really excel from them. Like, I believe that I'm at a point right now where I'm unstoppable with anything I start to believe in my mind that I can do, because I know that the things that stop you aren't the encouraging people. It's not the wins you have, the successes. It's all the opposites. It's all the discouraging people, the haters, the, the um, letdowns that you have, the difficulties, people leaving your life. And if you can figure out a way not to eliminate them, but actually take them and not store them in your t- uh, trunk, but in your tank as rocket fuel. And, and, and follow me here, Jess, on this, because it's important to symbol, symbolism, symbolism of this. I say rocket fuel for a reason and not fuel, because rocket fuel is the only thing I know that can get you into outer space. Mm. And outer space is a place away from gravitational pull and away from gravitational pull, which is gravity is suppressors and people that are pulling on you and, and weighing you down and all the negative things. Mm. Where if you could get to a point sometime where you're out past orbit, where you don't have that anymore, just imagine the life where you get to pick the problems you deal with. And you don't have that gravitational pull. So you don't need, you don't need the fuel anymore. Right. 
And so that's a, that, that's the thing that runs through my head all the time. Like, how can I get to outer space? So I want to use everything that negatively affects me that keeps me from getting my goals, my ideal life, put, take it, convert it, store it in my tank and use it when I need to, to blast me off into space. And, you know, I know that I say, this is a saying I say all the time, thrust is a must. Some people don't like that, that saying, cause it, it reminds them of dirty stuff, but I, I don't see that. I think thrust is a must, like thinking about moving forward. You gotta, you gotta be like propelled at all times. And once you get into space, the thrust isn't needed as much anymore. Mm. Wow. That is, I like the analogy and how you, how do you, how you use the rocket fuel, you know, of the negativity pushing you up and then how the gravity, once you really get the gravity, then you don't need the fuel anymore and how it all kind of releases. And, uh, and obviously that's when you hit the, uh, you know, kind of the success uh, in life and, and, and don't have to worry about the haters as much. Well, and you know, people talk about F you money, right? It's not about F you money just there. It's about that too. It's F you finances. It's F you attitude. It's F you like, like relationships, like just being like you being yourself, man. Mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, Jess, I, I was caged up, man. Like I, I felt like all the suppressors around me, all the people around me that were just being the issues that they had started to make myself like really look inside and say, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And then I started to internalize and, and, and become more, introverted rather than extroverted. And I didn't, I wasn't C-Rock. Like that's why, that's why I really ride this C-Rock thing because when I started being not just Mike, but like really being the, the person that I was just put on this earth to be, yeah. it's freeing and it's more productive. And I had, I can inspire so many more people. And I'm, I just feel like I'm unleashed and opened out of this cage now. Thanks to uh, my mentor, Grant Cardone for giving me validation to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Grant's great. Uh, that's fantastic. I- I love listening to his, uh, his knowledge. Um, oh, wow. That's, that's fantastic. So um, when does the book come out again? As you said, was it February? Well, right now, right now, if you go to Mike Searock with no K, MikeSearock.com forward slash book, you can get the book right now uh, on order and then it comes out February 7th. Perfect. So yeah, make sure you get that uh, pre-ordered everybody. Um, and so so um, we, we do talk a lot about a rev- like, you know, creating revenue and kind of really getting after things um, um, in this podcast. It's uh, with that's why it's called Rev It Up because we want to, you know, put the pedal to the metal with your uh, with your revenue. Is there any, uh, you know, tips uh, that you have that would um, that you've kind of used in your business to help propel you forward as far as uh, creating more revenue? Absolutely, brother. Of course. <laughs> so it starts with your people, man. I mean, that's why we talk about people building. If people in companies would start focusing on their people and understanding that if you can find the strengths in your people and throw rocket fuel on their strengths, find the weaknesses that you can develop. And then the weaknesses don't have a shot, just get somebody else to do and really like have a vision of doing that for everybody and really getting the team to gel and being on same, same wavelength and alignment. That's where it starts. That's the foundation. And um, you know, we did that in our company and there's four areas we really focused on with our culture. And I, I think culture is the word we're looking for here with yeah. foundation, right? To get the revenue really going. This is where it made a big difference for us. One was big vision and, and goals, like really paint the picture and tie some emotion to it. Get people feeling like juiced up, but it's not just about the team's goals. It's about the individuals and making sure you know what their goals are and making sure they're aligned okay. with the team's goals. If you have that conflict, cause it's not aligned. It's like a family and a husband and wife that aren't in alignment. They're going to have conflict. So that was the first thing. Second thing was gratitude. One of the most 
biggest impactful things in our company was to eliminate the resentment from between our producers and our processing team in the mortgage industry. And the, you know, the processors have an attitude sometimes like, Oh, well the, 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 the salespeople make all the money and we do all the grunt work. And you know, the resentment factors there because they didn't feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. So in sales meetings, we do a meeting once a week uh, with everybody. And we start the meeting with gratitude and we go down the whole list, 40 some people, they name a person and something they did the week before that they're appreciative for nice. change the ball game. Uh, number three was, um, uh, unlimited income potential. So we bring people in and say, listen, it's up to you how much you make here. We're going to start you off here. Here's the bonus structure, but you can also bring revenue into the company. And if you bring revenue into the company, if you're in sales or not, we're all in sales, you're going to benefit and you can change the financial situation for you and your family. So when that did that, that created that opportunity for that to happen for them. And then also for the company, it allows us to be able to uh, supply more customer service and forward more, more employees because they're paying for themselves. And the last one finally is a very important one too, is, is, is group accountability. You know, we believe in looking at ourselves and really focusing on building ourselves as leaders, everyone in the organization. But then from there, it's how can we each hold each other accountable, not just the leadership down but everybody holding each other accountable. And how about the team holding the leader accountable? And so those four areas really focused on uh, building our culture with those and it's changed everything. Um, But the other thing, last but not least, is training. Training, not just on how to do the job, but how to to deal with people. Mm. You know, we don't want to practice on our customers. So we train constantly. We, we were on Cardone University. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yep. We believe in that. We have our own training platform that we're building for the mortgage business. It's going to be, you know, incorporate grant and then also the stuff that we do with rocket fuel, of course. And I believe training is so important because so many times they're training on the customer and that's the worst thing you can do. Hey, everybody, Jess here. What if I could help your company find over $100,000 in hidden revenue streams in less than an hour without spending an extra dime on advertising or marketing? Reach out to me at cardzap.thebumpcard.me. Check out the video on five steps to profit and also reach out and we can have a conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Well, excellent things. Yeah, I love the I love the gratitude piece. That's I think that's uh, huge. I I don't think I've heard that very much, but just going around and telling each other what you're appreciative of, I think that's pretty huge. Um, and then, of course, unlimited income. Like, that's obviously uh, appealing to most uh, most people, at least. Um, so, um, so is there any way you've kind of worked on um, you know helping with or how or do you have a process for helping the personal alignment of goals with the company alignment? Is there like a yeah. process you've kind of gone through? Yeah, I think it's very important to, to explain to people that what it means to set their personal and professional financial goals. What does it mean to them and how do they do it? Most people don't know what the ideal life for themselves would be. Mm-hmm. In a perfect world, like how do you expect big things from your life if you don't even know what you want and you're not clear on it? It just boggles my mind that I ever went through that myself, except for the fact I think I had a pretty good picture in my life, what I wanted. Um, but but I'm, 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 I'm evolving with that. But I just, I think that that's such a powerful thing. And I think that when you share with the team how to do it, one, and then hold them accountable to making sure they do it, and then you find out what they want. Now, if they don't align with the team's goals, sometimes the team's goals may not be right? And you might have to adjust them. But at the end of the day, if they don't align, they just don't belong in the group. No matter how much they produce or what have you, the conflict's not worth the production. So you actually would send them on their way 
respectfully yeah. and, uh, and be okay with that. And it's not personal. Yeah. And so that's, that's how we do it. And we just go through it. And every quarter we revisit our, our personal professional financial goals. We, at the end of the year, we redo them. And then every day we're writing our goals down every day. Okay. So you do it every day. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's unreasonable, but we're looking for unreasonable results. There you go. That's, that's awesome. You, you know, you, you expect more, you get more, I think is kind of the, the lesson there. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. That, that's, that's great. I like that. I, I, I tend to only do my goals occasionally, like, you know, a few times a year um, sometimes. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do like, you know, what I plan to do the day, you know, the right. goal for the day. Targets, I guess, targets yeah. Targets, but uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm often, I think I have to steal that one too. That's a great idea. Well, well, Jess, if you, if you think about it, like our belief system has been imprinted in, and formulated over all the years that we've been alive. Right. So it's, it's a really uh, tough thing to get yourself believing something. So when, why it's important every day to do it is that you really got to beat it into your brain. If you're mm-hmm. like me, I'm, I'm hardheaded, stubborn. <laughs> and I, I, need to, I need to revisit that because I need to understand that when I go through setbacks and, and difficulties and I got to remember why I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, so it's a good one. If you just commit to it for 30 days, you'll see a huge difference and it'll, it'll change your life. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I do. A, I have a kind of a mantra. I don't know, mantra, is that the right word? But kind of a, affirmations uh, or... yeah affirmation that i read all the time constantly to kind of keep myself fresh and, and yes perfect and obviously always digging into books like i love 10 the 10x book from grant cardone and uh the gittimer book uh getting s- stuff done i don't use that other word but yeah yeah uh, but you know there's all this but 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 getting that positive stuff in your head all the time. So uh, I'm sure well, rocket fuel is going to be amazing too. Rocket fuel's great. You got to get that one. Don't get me wrong, but I want to give a little shout out to this book here beyond positive thinking by Dr. Robert Anthony. Okay. Uh, one of my mentors, Brandon Dawson turned me on to this and it is a little tiny book, but this thing is probably as powerful and as thick as with information as like a big giant thick book. Nice. Um, but really, really good read. And, and you'll really understand how your brain and mind works. That was beyond positive thinking. Yep. All right. I'm writing that down in my notebook here. That, that one's for me personally. So there you go. All right. Awesome. And um, so um, as far as, um, you know, setting goals, do you, do you have a certain uh, philosophy on that as far as, you know, setting dates and, 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 and goal, how you achieve those and things like that? Well, I believe dates are a problem for me because like to me, and I might sound a little different than some people, man, but that's okay. Yeah. I don't like time is a artificial thing that man made so that people could appear at the same times at different places and different times. Right. Gotcha. To me, my goals don't align with that. My goals, I don't want to set myself a limit mm. and say five years from now, I want to accomplish it. No, I, I want to accomplish this as fast as possible. Yeah. Like that's, that's my mission. And so then from there, I set targets up to get to where I need to go. If I want to accomplish X, what do I got to do to achieve that on the way? What are the little mile markers that I need to hit to make sure I get that? And that's what I focus on. And I, I you know, time-wise, man, as fast as possible. That's the yeah. <laughs> So you build the goal and then you kind of backdate or not backdate, but back. Uh, reverse engineer, back reverse engineer, targets. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's, there's science behind doing it other ways. I just don't believe in, I don't want to limit myself. And I just want to go as fast as possible. I'm going constantly. And I, to the point where I probably should slow down a little bit at times, maybe, I don't even know if that's right, but I, 
I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm so fired up about my mission that I, I just, I don't get tired. I can't rest. I want to just get it out to as many people. And I feel like I started late in life. Mm. So I have a smaller window to jam all this into. And I feel like it's an ethical and ob- obligation to, to make this happen. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm just, uh, intrigued by, uh, kind of your processes. So I was kind of wanted to dig in a little bit there, but, uh, um, is there, uh, is there a certain thing that you kind of find that, uh, really is, um, other than money that really motivates people to, to help you get in line with stuff? I mean, I know you do the gratitude thing, but is there like, uh, do you do like, incentive programs or how do you kind of implement that into the actual business? We actually have very low salaries, very low salaries and high bonus structure. Gotcha. Um, And then also we have awards that we give out um, to, to the team. Um, You know, so we, we like to do that. And then we, we have daily meetings where we mess around and we do different things and uh, shout people out. But the other thing is like, one of the things I like to do on our 10 o'clock calls in the morning is to get people uh, seeing like one of our, one of our loan officers reaching out to a cold call, calling a real estate agent for business, or just really just to get out of obscurity with them mm. and then doing it in front of everybody and uh, on speakerphone and saying, Hey, this is how you do it. Okay. And uh, putting that person on a spot in an uncomfortable position to really stretch them. And when they're done, man, we celebrate clap, man. Great job. That's freaking awesome. You know, and build them up so that they're ready to make more calls like that. Um yeah, but so that that's basically, I mean, we're a performance-based company, man. Yeah. It's all about getting out there and getting the job done. Now, do you um, use certain, uh, I mean, is cold calling your, kind of your main thing or do you, do you use LinkedIn or other platforms to kind of bring bring that all together? We do it all. So as many of things as we can think of, we do it. Like, you know, cold calling is one. Um, obviously, you know, it's one of the tougher ones, but at the end of the day, if you cold call somebody, the point of the cold call is to get out of obscurity. It's not to, to close a deal that that call. That's where people get mess, mess, you know, messed up and they think that they're supposed to try to get a sale on that cold call and it never happens. And it's because it's not the point. Yeah. The point is to, hey, Jess, this is Mike uh, from Nations Lending. I just wanted to and, and actually just get out of like, uh, be transparent with them. I'm just trying to get out of obscurity with you. I hope you can appreciate that. And they're gonna be like, what the hell? Like obscurity, what do you mean? <laughs> and that makes their wheels start thinking. It makes you interesting. Yeah. And, and then you say, you know, I just want to get out of obscurity with you. Listen, uh, I know you're busy, but I just want to let you know who I am while we're on the phone right now. Is this your cell phone? I'm going to shoot, shoot you a text with some information about me and then I'll follow up with you later. Does that sound good? Nice. Great. And then, and then right before the call, Oh, by the way, do you know anyone right now that needs a pre-approval for a purchase? And you just throw that out there for the hell of it at the end to ask for business. And then if they say, no, great. They're thinking about you. You send them a text message. And then from there, you send them a text message. Now you have a reason to follow up with them. Hey, did you, did you check out that stuff I put in that text message? You really need to find out about that. And by the way, we're working with your competitors right now. We're helping them grow their business. And it, that's just part of what we do for working with people. And you don't want them to get ahead of you. So I, I suggest we set up a 15-minute call just to go over some of the things we're doing. And you know, if we end up working together, great. You know, so it's this little, the cold call is, is not to close a deal. Yeah. You know? And uh, if people would just understand the purpose of the cold call, they'd make a lot more cold calls. And yeah. that's what I do on LinkedIn with, with uh, the, the messages that I send. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, kind of what we do too is, uh, is, you know, you know, you make a connection and then you, you know, do, you know, 
we do, we kind of do a process of about four or five steps, you know, kind of like we do an endorsement or we like them and then we make a comment and then we kind of, kind of build up a little bit of a relationship. And then we just say, Hey man, Hey, it's great to meet you. Let's do, you know, let's talk for 15 minutes, but you know, more or less, Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but, uh, but it's kind of the same no, process. Get out of, well, here, here's the thing. Grant talks about this all the time. Do you know the, the two top problems for businesses and salespeople? Uh, I'm assuming it's obscurity, but I don't know what has that? to do with that. Yeah. Nobody knows who you are. And number two is if they didn't know who you were, they forgot about you. Right. And if you can solve those two problems, which since they're problem one and problem two, you should be spending most of your time on those two problems. Yeah. And so that's the point of cold calling. Get out of obscurity. That's the point of prospecting. Remind people who you are and what you do. And of course, then you're going to have problems that are going to be coming up and you'll be able to solve those problems. Yeah. So if that people understand that it's a lot easier. So we do, we do cold call, warm call prospecting. I mean, we do it all, but that's, we don't shy away from that part. Yeah. So you're, you're out there boldly uh, get, reaching out to people. That's 100%, man. Well, good, good. Well, I will, um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, before we go though, I'd like to have you give out where, where they can, people can track you down um, so that they can reach out to you. Yeah. If you go to uh, Instagram at Mikey C-Rock on Instagram, engage with me there, send me a DM, say you saw the show. I'd love to talk to you. And also the book rocket fuel is available at Mike forward slash book. That's C-Rock with no K Mike forward slash book. Go get it. Also, by the way, I'm going to throw in there 30 day access to my rocket fuel program. If you buy the book on presale, uh, the rocket fuel program is a, a highly interactive digital training course, but it's, it's not like what you've seen before. So I'm fired up to get that in people's hands as well to show you how to proactively turn setbacks into rocket fuel. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I, I know I learned a ton and I know um, everybody else is going to learn a ton from uh, listening as well. And so thank you for being here and to everybody Thanks listening, make sure you like share and uh, leave a review. We sure appreciate it. And we're very thankful for you uh, taking your time to listen to us and you have an awesome day and we'll talk again soon. Thanks again, Mike. Thanks, Jess. All right. Talk to you soon.